fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to another episode of Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm Kim. And this week we are talking homegrown horror. With James Wan's Dead Silence, but more importantly, <laughs> a movie that is very near and dear to my heart, Darkness Falls. The Tooth Fairy. It should be called The Tooth Fairy of Darkness Falls. That'd be great. That's too fantasy. I think Darkness Falls is kind of creepy. It's kind of eerie. Setting up for a whatever that movie is. You're not being. setting up for a Tooth Fairy movie, I'll tell you that much. Don't knock The Tooth Fairy. I think The Tooth Fairy is a pretty scary premise. We'll get into it. We, we will get into it. <laughs> Kim, before we get into it, what's keeping you creepy this week? That has never sounded more like this was a radio program than it has just now. If you're just joining us, I'm John. I've got my special guest here, Kimberly, with me. Uh, the co-host of the Nightmare You're Soul using Street your podcast. 2 a.m. radio DJ voice. <laughs> Thank you all there, rock and rollers. It's the staying up late. How you seeing the moon? I, I got nothing. I could, be a, I could not be a good DJ. I couldn't just riff nonstop at like, a train's pace and fill dead air. I couldn't do it. You have buttons, though. You can be like, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's 1.15 a.m. on the clock. <laughs> Just like a lot of fart sounds, a lot of flushing toilets. I've been drinking lots of coffee, lots of Joe, lots of flush. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> honka, honka. Oh, we're the annoying DJ. <laughs> yeah. P.S. I think we're now officially the only podcast without a soundboard. Doesn't it feel like that? Kind of. Every podcast I listen to has a soundboard. Don't say it like that. You're saying it like you want to get a soundboard. Why don't we have a soundboard? Be- we are the soundboard. We're the living soundboard. But we could pre-record... Our own fart sounds? Okay, now that you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we took all of those stereotypical but, things... But, like, every time we have an argument, we could pre-record, like, I don't agree, John. <laughs> then eventually this podcast... And podcast- I could press it every time oh. and just interrupt, I don't agree, John. <laughs> yeah, but don't you see, like, a year down the road, two years down the road, where, like, now we're recording from separate rooms and we just have buttons. Like, we introduce the episode and then you're just like, I liked it. I didn't. I'm not listening. Like, it just becomes just pre-recorded podcast. Like, ooh, I wonder what order, what jumbled order the soundboard's gonna be in this week. I think it might add some flourish to our episodes. I don't know why I had to go on such a coffee rant about it, but it would add some flourish. Some flourish. I'm looking forward to our new soundboard. <laughs> but yeah, so what's keeping me creepy this week? We caught Pet Cemetery this past weekend, as I'm sure you did, if you were looking forward to the Stephen King adaptation with all the animals and the <laughs> undead Sorry, the soundboard's already here. <laughs> I didn't mean to press that one. That's my bad. I'll put it away. <laughs> and uh, the... Stop! <laughs> Do you want to talk about Pet Cemetery? <laughs> Wait. I don't agree, John. <laughs> <laughs> the 
this is why we don't have a soundboard. <laughs> On the other hand, that first episode with the soundboard, this would be that'd be a great episode. <laughs> oh man. Who's going to talk about Pet Cemetery? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was trying to think. I'm like, no, 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 you go ahead. Or like I was going to jump in, take on where you left off. I don't know that I heard a goddamn word about it because I was just like, when's a funny time to say meow? When's a funny time <laughs> to say meow? <laughs> yes, like everybody else, we watched Pet Cemetery this weekend. Uh, we definitely have our own thoughts about it. I'm sure you do as well. I think... I'm not not to put words directly into your mouth while oh looking directly into your eyes. Oh my god! I think Kim thought it was a fun refresh of uh, the original movie, and I thought it was a fun refresh of the old movie. That's my best way to describe it. So the same thing? I think we think the same thing. I think I'm just maybe a little more enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Um. I just was hoping for something a little bit more balls to the wall original. Having there already be a film, the 1989 Mary Lambert version, that I think audiences are still pretty in love with. People still really like that movie, and for yeah, good reason. Yeah. It's a good movie, and it interprets the, I, I'm going to assume, the story pretty pretty well. It's not without its faults, but it, found, it felt like this movie made the same mistakes. Not that they're necessarily mistakes, but I was expecting some liberties to be taken and for the movie to take us somewhere unexplored or a new perspective and and while there are some things that are changed definitely in the film it didn't feel too like too new of a movie to me especially since it looked like it was presenting itself as a new movie mm-hmm. right yeah i understand uh i i really enjoyed the scares i really enjoyed how they built it i thought visually the movie looked great I was kind of upset that those kids that seemed to be the cornerstone of the marketing campaign played no role in the movie. Yeah, you're talking about the masked children. Yeah. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. That's not really a spoiler. They're in the opening, and that's it. Yeah. Um, If you do want to hear more of our thoughts, definitely our spoiler-filled thoughts, we did record a Patreon-exclusive bonus episode that is uh, available right now on Patreon at patreon.com slash nightmareonfilmstreet. And we also have a written review of the film, which is spoiler-free, on the website at nofspodcast.com. Yeah, if you're on the fence post, those are two great places to go uh, to find out whether or not you should see it. You should. That's... Would you... Would you agree? Uh... I don't know. Okay. If you're into... Stephen King adaptations and you you can't wait until September for it chapter two definitely go see it speaking of Patreon I want to give a quick shout out to our most recent supporters Chaz Rachel Jason Jordan with a Y Christine Bill Brittany Megs with a Z with a Z uh could be plural Megs we don't know did Several you Megs. office pool with all of the Megs for this patron shout out very good work. Thank you, Megs. <laughs> Doubling down. <laughs> and also, Rob, thank you guys so much for your support. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you, oh, you're going to take that flappy piece of paper away from yeah, me. Yeah, before more you noise. start getting all hand-talky. <laughs> I am so very hand-talky. I'm sure by now you've all lost your uh, baby teeth, in which case you're safe. Maybe not one of the Megs. Who knows? It could be a family <laughs> of Megs. Uh, if, if you haven't, lock your doors. Bolt your windows. Enjoy the hours of additional bonus content available to you as a new patron supporter because you're going to need it to get through the next, I don't know, few months until you've lost all your baby teeth and you're free. Is that really how it goes? As long as you don't look at her. As long as you don't look at her. Don't look at her. Because she could come for you at any time. In fact, rules are, she's going to break all the rules. (laughs) We're going to spend your entire lives 
under under the impression that you're safe because you've lost your baby teeth. But at any point, she could just be like, "Hey, how are you?" And then you're dead. Did you just do um, Beetle Beetlejuice? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I use that voice for a lot of stuff. You do use that voice. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your support on Patreon. Uh, We couldn't exist without you guys. We are a listener-supported show. If you want to check out all of the perks and cool stuff you can get in exchange for supporting us, that's at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. I'm ready to talk about these movies. You're ready? I am so ready. This is going to be a... I don't want to say a shit show because I don't want to set you up to be like, what is happening? This is the first time I've listened to this podcast. Who are these people? Oh, but, but it, if if this is the first time listening, your Ooh, first time boy. listening to this episode. <laughs> um, we're excited. Let's just put it that we're way. We're very passionate here we're at Nightmare on Film Street. fans. Uh, so, Can you imagine if we were like college professors? Be like, hey, oh, listen to my podcast where I give a dissertation on the <laughs> genre every week. And you come back and you're just like, what is going on in this movie? It's like this, it's like that. Oh, God, I can't follow it. That's is that me. your impression of me? No, that was my impression of me. Okay. Because yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of accurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to me or you, I guess both of us. Uh, but we're going to start with Darkness Falls. Over 150 years ago, in the town of Darkness Falls, Matilda Dixon was adored by all the children. Whenever one of them lost a tooth, they would bring it to her in exchange for a gold coin, earning her the name, the Tooth Fairy. But when two children didn't come home, they blamed Matilda, and they hanged her in the light. Now, They thought the past was dead and buried, but it's about to come back with a vengeance. You don't know what you're dealing with. Tooth Fairy? What the hell was that? I see these things at night. I don't know what's real or what's not. She won't come in the light. Who? You know who? All right, Darkness Falls from 2003 is currently sitting at a 5 out of 10 on IMDb. 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. 23% on Metacritic and a 2.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Okay, so I want to give this movie some credit. It came out when I was like, uh Barely a teenager. Is that credit or context? Credit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember being terrified of this when it first came out. 2003, you would have been... Let's not talk about it. (laughs) 14. Terrified. Good, good, good year for this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... Just lost your last baby tooth. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. No. According to this movie, you can lose your baby tooth between the ages of six and 14. (laughs) There's a high school dance tomorrow. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Okay, we'll get to it in a second. Let's continue. Um, Give this movie as much credit as you want. Yeah, so this movie, I think, alongside with The Ring... Uh, just really solidified my fear of like creepy girls with like hair and billowy clothes, things in the darkness, that whole um, be afraid of the dark because there's creepy women in it. Like this movie totally did that. And the 
Tooth Fairy character I found very scary, so much so that I did not revisit this film until this year. Mm. Uh, I watched it a couple months ago. I put the VHS in a sealed bag, <laughs> left it in my freezer, and have not looked at it. Not because I was afraid of it, just because I, I remember it being scary, and I remembered it being good, and I watched it at this time where it would, would have, it really affected me, and I didn't want to watch it again and then be like really sad and disappointed and then like, like ashamed you are today. of myself. <laughs> I have to say, so this movie isn't the greatest, but the scare elements hold up. Do they? I think so. Okay, uh, I think the cold open of this movie- Is wonderful. Is a different movie than the rest of the movie. Okay. Because, hey- uh, she's great. The Tooth Fairy, she's awesome. Throughout the rest of this movie, how she moves and attacks and gets people, she is more Batman than Tooth Fairy. Okay, so the she, movie like, is you a get little... Into, like, you get into the darkness and all of a sudden, like, she she hops down, grabs you, and then, like, Cirque du Soleil's away. <laughs> <laughs> Up into the forest or the warehouse. Just completely takes you. <laughs> she's just on a bungee cord? <laughs> she looks like she's on a bungee cord. Okay. It shot well, but <laughs> it's a little inconsistent. We I have I have qualms about the story, which I'll get into. But I think the legend is awesome. And it's an original legend that plays on this premise that could scare any kid. This is something that you've grown we've all grown up with. This theory that this woman would cut or woman or tiny fairy or whatever it was in your house. Wait, wait, wait. Mine was not a woman. <laughs> when you thought of the tooth fairy, give me an approximate size. <laughs> Seriously, though, think about it. Close your eyes, tooth fairy. Okay, so I thought it was like a like it had magical powers, and it was like the size of a fly, and then it could magic itself to like a few inches big. So fly to get in the house because everybody's got an air gap somewhere. Yeah, and then big enough to like so when it got bigger, the coins in its pouch became like real size. Yeah, and then would like put it under the pillow, and then back to fly. Okay, so like three inches maybe. Got it. Wait, that's how big flies are in your mind? No, like at, at big mode. Oh, geez. Three, okay. Because they have to lift up the pillow and get the tooth and then put the full-size coin. So, like, the purse had to be, what, like a whole loony, which is like an inch People big. don't know what loonies are, Kim. I'm People sorry. I've seen a loony before. It's like a big brass quarter. <laughs> it's like a big, yeah. It's also a dumbass name for a piece of... No, I like it. All right. It makes it seem like... Jolly up here. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't make us tunes. sound crazy because we carry loonies. And toonies, it's great. <laughs> Toonie. <laughs> I don't know that I ever thought of the Tooth Fairy uh, at... What was oh. your Tooth Fairy theory? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> Did you think about as it? As soon as I asked you that question, I was like, oh God, now I need to think of my own. Uh, I thought like... <laughs> Porcelain mask, burnt by lighthouse, <laughs> fire and crimson... Yeah, no, in my mind, it was probably just, like, a guy. (laughs) Stubble. (laughs) Hey, Tooth Fairy, uh, here's your coin. (laughs) He, like, pulls it out of his shorts and, like, picks (laughs) off the dryer lint. (laughs) And just, like, a... (laughs) Oh, where's that tooth? (laughs) Like a dock worker. What does he need the tooth for? Even he doesn't know. Like he's just, he's just part of the union. It's just, I'm just trying to do my job here, kid. Oh, I was gonna say it's the fossil fuels for his jeep. <laughs> Drops another tooth. Car just sputters away. Goddamn cavities. <laughs> You're right. The tooth fairy is a great idea for a horror movie because think of all of the the magical creatures the santa the santa clauses the tooth fairies go to sleep don't look at them 
Like if you if you hear them come in, don't open your eyes, right? Is the idea because one, you don't want to see your parents like, <laughs> putting a coin under your pillow because then the jig's really up. Uh, but also just because uh, you just might not get anything. You're not supposed to see them. They might disappear. Like like whatever. That is great for a horror movie. Like no matter what, no matter what you hear, do not open your eyes. Like boom, we are ready for a horror movie. But that entire opening sequence is ruined by its like backgroundy introduction like let's tell you all about this character and let's get you prepped i'm saying treat it like a short film we just start with that kid like oh mom i lost my tooth and she's like laying out the rules like oh well you know what you need to do get to bed don't let any girls climb into your room late at night <laughs> put that tooth under your pillow and don't you dare open your fucking eyes like that would have been so awesome because it would have just been a regular normal night kids getting ready for the tooth fairy and as we hear something creep in we're like "Ooh, it's the tooth fairy but it's and like, then it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ, what fucking movie am I watching right now? Mom? (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, could have been great. I love the intro, though. It's so hot. The intro is very good. And, like, the the kids all with their, like, melty photo footage. Um. Oh, that intro. My mistake. (laughs) And whoever it is that's doing the narrating, like, he sounds like a nice gent. (laughs) I just enjoyed it. I get what you're saying. They definitely double dip by doing that full, like, when the lead character, what's his name? Kyle. When Kyle is a kid story, that in, that intro bit seems so long. It is I very long. I so I I completely forgotten that these were our lead characters that we were seeing as kids. And oh, I was like, okay. how long is it going to take to kill this kid? <laughs> I just want to see his guts. Well, yeah, and it's just like, why are they introducing us to his love interest? Is this so it like it nails like really deep in the heart bone? But then they don't end up killing him, and he ends up being the light guy, which whatever. I think that's a cool premise. The light guy. They didn't explore that enough, which I'll get into. But this movie should have started with a kid dying. Do you not agree? Yeah. No um, children were harmed in the plot of this film. I'm sure we could find an original draft of the script that has a whole ton of kids dying. Yeah. I mean, hey, everybody's somebody's kid, Kim. Mm. Oh, plenty of kids die in this movie. Yeah, just like <laughs> expendable um, hospital workers and police officers. Yeah. They're like, we're going to come with you. And then it's just like, You're they like, just why? disappear one by one. Yeah. It's like, it's like an episode of Star Trek and they're just wearing red shirts. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, when the hospital people actually come with them, three of them join them to, like, run through the hospital, and it's just like, everybody else is safe but us because we've seen her. Let's go. And then everybody's dead in two minutes of footage. Well, especially when you're like, come on, orderly, let's go. You're like, you're not even going to name this character. (laughs) Don't speak. We have to pay you more. (laughs) Yeah. She's essentially an extra. So his mom dies. And let's... Okay, you know what? I got nothing great to say outside of the opening of this movie, so I just want to stay with this. Uh, His mom gets like sucked away by the by the tooth fairy with her crazy porcelain mask and she's all like billowy and shit and she's like walking on the fucking walls while he's hiding in the bathroom that looks so wonderful. good yeah and when she busts the door off and she can't get close to him because she's got an aversion to light to- oh right because there's light that's the whole that's the only rule of I'm, the movie <laughs> my mistake uh and she is above the door frame just like she's fuck just- you gravity yeah i'm a ghost <laughs> And she's kind of just like pawing at the top of the door jam just because she wants to get in so bad. That's so cool. It's great. I love her as a villain. Like when you get to see her, uh, especially in that opening scene, because her clothes have this like weird etherealness to them, but it's so spooky. It's like fucking black seaweed. But 
the whole time, opening credits, and there's a lot of them, uh, like creature design and effects by the Stan Winston studio. You're like, show me that fucking tooth fairy face. I want to see it because I know it's not just going to be a porcelain mask the whole time. But uh, to avoid 18 hours in a makeup chair every day, we got a porcelain mask for 90% of this movie. Mm-hmm. I I could have done with like without any face. Yeah, I would have liked be some it shadows, to be shadow. Yeah, the porcelain mask is a little like Phantom of the Opera for me. Uh, and when we do finally see her face, it's got this. Um, it reminds me of Angelica Houston in The Witches. Okay. That's kind of what it reminds or me like, of. Or like, uh, like Freddy Krueger meets the witches. Or like Drop Dead Fred when he gets his head like squished in the refrigerator door. It kind of gets like a pizza face. Like Freddy Krueger, yeah. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, it's it's all sort of like melted and misshaped and formed into like a weird oddball head. <laughs> it doesn't look like that mask would fit over her face. Like it looks like that mask would be 18 times the size that it is. I did appreciate though when the mask cracked at the end of the movie that there were like little teeth that fell out Let's of it. Let's talk like, about that. Is the mask made of teeth? Because right? I kind of like the mask again. <laughs> yeah, like is she just like gluing teeth together and just like buffing them? Why does she? Okay, I mean, if she constantly needed to collect teeth to make a bigger, thicker, better mask, that's pretty sweet. That's kind of fun. I want a prequel story where like she has to like she slowly gets more and more of that mask. Like she starts with like a Phantom of the Opera mask, right? And it's only covering half her face. Or it's like a Batman mask and it's like just the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah she's got to kill more and more kids to get these teeth to get a better mask i'm all right with that yeah and her her mo is a little weird because she's very like one track minded so she's still after what's his name kyle kyle uh b- back onto the plot of the movie yeah kyle it's it's 15 years later he's been accused and acquitted of his mother's death and now he's like coming back to uh his hometown because of darkness falls of darkness falls the name of the town what kind of pioneers showed up and said you know what's going to inspire a new life and optimism darkness falls it must be like canada where they just like did a really shitty job of translating the language oh because canada means like canoe the people i don't know (laughs) or something yeah and then they were just like oh great name for land cool yeah all right yeah Or, alternatively, the place is gorgeous, and like Iceland, they didn't want anybody else to come. (laughs) Let's call it Iceland, no one's gonna show up. And we'll call the other one Greenland, so they'll mistakenly go over there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) freeze their butts off. (laughs) They're like, oh, if this is Greenland, we really don't want to go to Iceland. Right, exactly. It's like going to Monkey Island and Skull Island. (laughs) Like, if you go to one, you're not going to the other. (laughs) So... So Kyle comes back to Darkness Falls in like he has very little humming and hawing about it. Like for sake of plot, we are going back because love of my life, Caitlin, who I haven't seen since that one fateful evening. His first and maybe only kiss. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. I don't imagine this guy looking. I thought you were gonna say girlfriend and I was like, whoa, whoa, they were not Yeah, let's not put labels on it. <laughs> they, they they were not there yet. No. Um because he did not take her to the dance. He didn't get a chance. I mean, he could have broken out of jail. I'm just saying. He knew. Show some dedication, (laughs) right? Uh, And her brother, which should be son, because everybody in this movie is like 40, and that kid is like eight. Yeah. Uh, And where are her parents? Yeah, no mention of them. None. And so her her brother, I keep wanting to say son. Her brother is already in the throes of 
the tooth fairy business now in the future. He's already seen her. He's already lost his last tooth. We are already at the hospital following them. And she reaches out to Kyle. Because it's the only other person she's ever known who's been scared of of the the dark. dark. And so she's like, can you come talk to him and tell him how you fixed it? And then we cut to him and he's living in like... He's living in, like, a hydroponic drug plant. <laughs> yeah, he's got photos, uh, hand-drawn pictures everywhere of his tooth fairy. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, That's great. Totally got over it. Everything's and there's, yeah. like, that rock music sequence where he's just, like, scooping pills into his hand. Yeah. Like, Are you eating peanuts right now? No, I'm just taking my medication. <laughs> like, if you have to log the calories for your medication every you day, you're taking, taking too much too medication. Many. Yeah. Fuck. He has so much medication that at any point he just like pulls pills out of his pocket. They're just like, hey man, I want a drink. He's like, no. And he just holds up a different container. Like, people don't want to see that. People also don't carry that around with them. Like you leave it in your hotel and you go out for the day. And uh, then he still buys them a drink, which is like, what? What a dick move, right? Here, and, I got you a half pint. He's like, I said I couldn't drink. Yeah. And so some bully shows up and you're like, I'm going to drink your beer. And he's like, cool, thanks. I would really appreciate that if you could. <laughs> How do you like that? You like that? Me drinking your beer? How do you think about that? And he's like, I think I'm going to leave. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm a big man on campus around here. <laughs> but that's not enough for him because he follows him outside and he's like, hey, I want to keep fighting, even though no one's around to see how big and tough and cool I am. And uh, they wind up at the bottom of a hill where the tooth fairy comes for him. For no yeah, reason. Yeah, so I thought this was just a kind of a, a kid legend thing, and then Kyle is an exception because he's, like, the one that got away. <laughs> but it turns out that, like, anybody near Kyle at night is fucking dead. Yeah, I don't because, understand yeah, the so, rules of the Tooth Fairy. So in the rules of this film, the the Tooth Fairy is around any of these kids that have lost their last tooth and looked at her, and then, I guess in his case, stayed in the light for 30 years and is safe from her. But now he's in this circumstance where he keeps getting put in the dark, but there are people around him. So she is there trying to get Kyle. Kyle's her main focus. But then if anybody sees her in the interim, she's like, fuck you. Yeah, it's weird. Like, she uh, just does not want to see She wants everybody to know that she exists. But if you fucking look at me, you're dead. I don't know if she wants people to know she exists, though, because this whole town is like aware of the legend, but not enough to be afraid of it, to heed its warning, to not look at her. So you think their deaths would be crazy high. So high that they would believe in her. Like, this is a weird paradox. Yeah. If they're afraid of her, then they wouldn't look at her, so then they would all believe in her because they're not looking at her. <sighs> Does she only steal their last tooth? It, uh... Because otherwise, the parents... It's just business as usual until the last tooth. Like, oh, okay, so you look to me, I get it. But if this next tooth is your last tooth, Jim, and if you look at me, like, it's over for you. Yeah, like, things have been good up (laughs) until now, but uh, why are we slipping into the New Jersey dock worker? (laughs) All right, kid, look, I'm gonna come back. That's not (sighs) what I was doing. I'm gonna... (laughs) (laughs) Leave your tooth fairy out of this. (laughs) My tooth fairy sounds like he used to box, but doesn't anymore. (laughs) It sounds like the um the fucking satyr from Hercules, like uh Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito's character? <laughs> A lot of uses. <laughs> A lot of uses. Um No, well what I mean by business is usually I mean like the parents are taking the teeth and slipping money. Because here's the thing. Let's say, as a parent But then they should still all believe in her because of the last tooth. Either their kid is dead it's or the tooth is It's a coincidence. And also, it's boring at that point. Like, you get in there, like, maybe you even just forget to get the goddamn tooth, right? Like, you're not just, like, that first tooth, ooh, super excited, can't wait. I got that 
coin picked out for weeks before that first tooth fell out. Like taking photos of your first kid. By the time you get to like your 26th kid. I don't know how many teeth people <gasps> I have. I just had a weird you memory. You don't care anymore. What? My mom used to keep the teeth. I think all of them? I don't know. I just, I remember there being like a jewelry drawer and then one time I opened it because I like, had all these. <laughs> fucking teeth in it. It had all these like little cute tiny drawers and I was like, look at this cool jewelry thing. And then there were fucking teeth in there. Like, oh, rings. Oh, look at this little <laughs> necklace. And then, oh my God, my mom's a serial killer. <laughs> I think my parents definitely have a drawer of like, Fucking stuff. teeth. Yeah. That's creepy. They're like, oh, we've got his first drawing from school, his teeth, his tail. Uh, yeah, that's the weird thing about fucking baby books. It's like, first haircutting, here it is. And you're like, why yeah. do you keep that? Because For we... vengeful voodoo? <laughs> vengeful voodoo. Like, you're 18 now and I'm fucking using this finally. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I'm just going to wrap this around this doll, stick a needle in it. I bind you, child, from doing me harm. I oh, bind boy. you, child. <laughs> There's a movie like we've got like a whole group the craft of... for your children. Well, no, I'm thinking like uh, like a group of elderly people that don't want to go to a nursing home. <gasps> yeah, and this oh is how God. they right. And they have all these tools of voodoo that they've yeah, been collecting that's your whole right. life. You're just like, Dad, it's unfortunately you can't take care of yourself. Like, oh, we'll see who can't take care of themselves anymore, Jimmy. And then he just <laughs> and like... a voodoo doll of like your childhood favorite toy. Yeah, like oh hey, cool. Is that is that is Mr. that my little teddy bear? Yeah, <laughs> just like hey, why are you poking needles? Oh my. Feet hurt. That's fun. That'd be great. Next Jordan Peele movie, I'm sure. Oh, for certain. Um, <laughs> yeah, parents are weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this movie doesn't even tackle parenthood. Like that could be a fun theme, not a fun theme, but that could be an interesting theme for this movie. In like the horrors of creating these fantasies for your children that ultimately hurt them. Like I think there could yeah. be a really cool metaphor in that. But then we don't actually follow any fucking parents no not at all it's a sister some creepy agoraphobic and then like the boy from the ring yeah is it the boy from the ring i think it is if it isn't he definitely auditioned for that movie right it's gotta be i think it is what's the name of the also too we don't even see him seeing like we don't even get that entire instance of him with the tooth fairy no there's a, there's very few instances where we see the tooth fairy in her job. Here's, like here's her how role I would have as it. like being in kids' bedrooms. We we only see that twice in the movie, in the beginning and the end. Yeah, other than that, she's just swooping in and taking out people that are around Kyle. Yeah, she becomes like the fucking highwayman. Yeah, but because he's got a flashlight and she's just like, oh, damn, it's like lightsabers for tooth fairies. Like, he's <laughs> it invincible. Is, it is like a lightsaber. Yeah. It's like she's a moth or like an anti-moth. <laughs> an anti-moth, that's right. Like, ah, the moon, get away from it. <laughs> Yeah, like, how does she deal with moonlight? That is this movie have any moonlight? How does she deal with any light? Is that light? why it's Darkness Falls? Like, there's a b- big mountain, and it, like, blocks oh, the Oh, it's moon. like Twilight, where, like, oh, there's no real sun cover here, so you can't see how shimmery I am. What? It, isn't that the thing in Twilight? Like, that's why the vampires could go out during the day? Because it's, like, it's just, like, like, overcast all the time? Um... I guess. I can't remember. Okay. Why am I the one who's been, like, made the Twilight historian? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't read the books. I haven't seen all the movies. Sorry, John. All right. I can't save you. (laughs) There's a lot of natural light at night, uh, especially in this movie, that does not get utilized. There should have been, like, the whole, like, climax of the movie takes place during a thunderstorm. That could have been so 
great. Yeah. What if she's like just about to get your her hands around your neck and lightning flashes and like she's like ah like burned, but because of it, like it's because it's still a light source, right? It could have been like that scene in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake where she's having like flashes where like Freddy like those micro naps where Freddy's appearing for half seconds and then he's not there. Like that could have been so goddamn good. That could have been really cool. And it makes the laws of, like, what lights work and what lights don't, like, really strange. Like, when they have lanterns and stuff, they're really only pr- uh, protected for, like, a very small area. And it's like, okay, so what kilowatts is she able to go into? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if they have a, a flashlight, you have to shine the beam directly on her. And it's like, that's not necessarily how flashlights work. Flashlights illuminate, yes, in a beam, but, like, there is light around them. Yeah, like, like if those you hit a white wall. Perfect, yeah. yeah, and, like, yeah, that's things bounce. like that. Like, yeah, if you hit a white wall, like, it's illuminated more than if you're hitting like into a black tarp yeah she should at least be getting some sunburns from that that light bounce yes right totally and like in the hospital and stuff there's a lot of stainless steel there's a lot of reflective (laughs) shit and they have flashlights like there should be some repercussions oh can we also talk about the fact that um (laughs) the kid they're like oh he's super scared of darkness so you know what we need to do sensory deprivation yeah and the sister at this point i'm sure the crazy guys told her that the tooth fairy is real and she's like oh i don't know if we should be doing this i don't know if we should be doing this but then she signs the fucking waiver but as soon as he shows up like you need to let him out she's like yeah what he said we need to let him out please god let him out let him out but that sensory deprivation tank they're putting him into is definitely just an mri with no lights turned on right like they're just like put him in the tube yeah and in that theory like how is she gonna get in there i thought she's like an entity that travels through darkness she doesn't just like appear yeah right she doesn't manifest in darkness she has to go from like where she is from one dark room to another dark room in order to get to that other side yeah and they say that too because at one point when what's his name is with the cop on the other side of town and then she leaves he's like she's going to the boy now so it's like okay so she's literally flying there yeah like a witch because you you can only beat her there because you have a car and you're not jumping from treetop to treetop this guy gets arrested several times throughout this movie and then they let him go. Like, they forget he's supposed to be arrested for murder. Yeah, I thought First was... degree murder. <laughs> and there's this, like, small town jail sequence where he's locked in the jail cell. So all the cops around him are being murdered. Oh, man. But there's, like, ten people with flashlights in there. And you... that scene should have been her the equivalent of trying to get a diamond out of, a, like, a room that's trapped by lasers. Oh, you know right? I mean? She's like... got to, like, Mission Impossible slink down in, yeah. like, the jail cell. But instead she's, like, really successfully picking them off one by one and they're just like really disoriented and it goes on for a really long time and it's like okay so you guys still don't believe in her yeah and she's killed half of you yeah she's like claw machining each of them out of the room yeah like claw machine that hasn't been rigged (laughs) oh man yeah (laughs) oh that's good oh this movie we haven't even talked about the main character uh kyle's crazy ass one-liners I, I wish I wrote some of them down. Do you know who this actor is? Like, I have no idea who this actor I, is. He is not familiar to me at all, but he his lines are like, everything should be paying off in like a Steven Seagal kind of way. Yeah, he, he read through that script and he was like, God damn, every piece of dialogue I have is a fucking trailer moment. I have one, I think. Um, I thought maybe you could tell me how you got over it. And then his reply is just, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. If they remade this movie now, one of the guys from Supernatural would be in his role for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, I think the rest of his lines are, Stay in light! You're crazy, man. 
And then he says, crazy isn't what it used to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's when they're, like, running through a stairwell where half the, the emergency lights are out and they have to jump through darkness, at which point the Tooth Fairy is picking a, a person off every time they do this. I loved it. I thought that part was good because the only source of light they have are the, the battery backups from the exit lights. So we have, like, the flood lamps that come up that are just casting, like, beams of light. So they're only safe once they land, right? Uh, I didn't think those scenes were shot particularly well, but it was great. I just think it's very, very convenient for this movie that every single time they get a light source, somebody's like, oh, these are going to die soon. <laughs> yeah, every time. Every single time, like, oh, I have two lanterns in the back, but they're going to die soon. <laughs> yeah, we got two kerosene lanterns and I got a whole ton of gasoline. It's going to last a week. Oh, there's a, there's a leak in the line. Oh. Like, we're going to die soon. <laughs> we're going to die soon. The, the end of this movie takes place in a lighthouse and it's such a great idea and it doesn't mean fucking anything. Isn't that where she lived, though? Like, wasn't that she her house? She lived in the lighthouse? I thought she was like a lighthouse witch. I mean, I'm cool with it. I feel like... She should have some sort of... Anti-moth properties. Uh, <laughs> Living by a broken lighthouse. That's there's gotta be it. something to... Oh, I remember what it is. I was like, there's gotta be something to her backstory that expels out why she can't be in light. Um, <laughs> the fire! You didn't even listen to the poem at the yeah, beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She got burned, and because of the skin damage and the sensitivity to light, she could only go out at night. Now, I gotta say something right there. That's because it's sunlight. The, the flashlights should do nothing. That's true. <laughs> it should just be fire. It should just be lanterns and the sun. Like, those are the only light sources that should really bother her. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Also... The whole third act of this movie that takes place in the lighthouse, there is gas everywhere. Everywhere! There's gas all over the goddamn place. Like in the electricity and stuff. Yeah, they've got some sort of generator, and it's got like a big hose that goes from the bottom of the lighthouse to the top to provide gas for the light. And there's a leak, so he goes down there and he's like wrapping it up with electrical tape, but... The, the whole meat time, it's it's leaking like a like a garden hose worth of gas everywhere. Nobody's got problems just, like, dropping lanterns anywhere they want. <laughs> yeah, like flame lanterns. People are covered <laughs> in gas, and then at one point, he's just like, oh, you know what I need to do? Throw the lantern at them. Like, <laughs> this sounds so fucking dangerous. Yeah, like, so, um, the Tooth Fairy didn't end up getting them, but they did burn to death in the light. <laughs> yeah, so, case closed. Save the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save the day. Darkness Falls PD wins again. <laughs> also, uh, the, the, the final moments of this movie where we defeat the Tooth Fairy, like we finally see her like creepy pizza face. Um, I love how they it has that double double defeat where you think she's dead, but then it's like, oh no, she's back. But this movie does it immediately. So it's yeah. just like, she's dead. And everybody's like, oh good. And then she's literally <sighs> right back. back. Like yeah. we see her like sort of explode. And then you see like the full explosion. And then once she comes back though, like the lighthouse, the lighthouse light doesn't bother her at all anymore. She's like, oh no, I've reached my full form and now only gas can can harm me. Oh, you have a lantern? <laughs> it's okay. like when you're in boss mode and it's just like you're, you're starting to kill the boss in a video game. Yeah. And then when the boss has like a less than a third of their life thing left, it's like they have a power up and they're like, they're like we're triple the size. And it's like, yeah, but you're panting. You're almost dead. <laughs> yeah, come on, Bowser. I know you're just... You, I was you talking drank, about Bowser. <laughs> you drank an energy drink and now you're back for round 12. It doesn't work. Yeah. He throws a lantern at her, and uh, she is more flammable in this movie than Karis. Than the gas all over everybody. <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. 
Also, oh my god, how did we forget about this? Like, there's like a pure Nicolas Cage moment in this movie where he lights his own hands on fire that's how and he, punches that's how he her in the her. face. I completely forgot about that. I'm just looking at my notes down here. I got like five like rapid fire notes at the bottom. I'm just like, oh, the mask is made of teeth? That's cool. Fire punch! <laughs> like eight exclamation points. Oh, man. I did not like this movie. <laughs> So yeah, my biggest my biggest takeaway is that I think the legend that they created was really cool. I love the intro story. I wish they had have decided to tell some kind of a different story. I don't know if following another kid 30 years later with this boy that survived her is necessarily the right story because we don't see her being this gothic horror figure that she should be. She yeah. should be stalking a small town. Yeah. And we don't see any of the kids in this town affected. We don't see any of the town at all. Yep. And we don't Everybody even, should know about her. We don't even get that, like, the appreciation for this Kyle character. We don't even see his light setup. We don't get to spend any time with him in his regular life before he's back in Darkness Falls. He's just got a backpack full of flashlights. Yeah, I want to see what... Like, him going to bed and stuff. Like, I, I at least yeah. needed a montage of, like, what that life looked like. Because he's in Vegas. And I think that's a genius idea. It is a great idea. He probably sleeps during the day. He works at night because there's lights everywhere. And it's casino. It's always running. Yeah. So, like, he could literally go outside for a smoke and it's bright. Yeah, exactly. And no matter where he goes, there is no darkness. And I think that that's genius. Uh, but it doesn't get used no. at all. Because then I, all of a sudden we're back in Darkness Falls and it's like we're shooting flashlights at the Tooth Fairy. And it's like that's not really the story I wanted to see. No. I w- uh, what I maybe would have changed, this always sounds like a dick move, but I mean like sure, you're you're tasked with making a rewrite or you're rebooting the movie. That little kid has not lost his last tooth yet. He mm-hmm. was at a, a sleepover party and a kid lost his tooth, put it under the pillow and the tooth fairy came and killed that kid because that kid looked and saw the tooth fairy. Maybe this maybe kid's... too. You can't see her, so maybe she's in the room. Okay. And that one kid yeah. saw her, and, he, and these other kids witnessed her. Yeah. Or like Freddy Krueger style, you know, like the slashings of oh, Tina. Oh, like Tina. Yeah. Yes. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. And now he knows, like he's scared, and his like next Kyle tooth is coming. Exactly. Up. His last tooth's coming up, and like Kyle, he's traumatized for it, and he's uh, he's talking a bunch of nonsense as far as the doctors are concerned about this, like crazy mythical figure who's gonna come kill him and so that's why kyle comes like okay that's still a little bit of a stretch maybe but that's that's why the sister could call though because he said the same things when she was a kid she remembers that she calls him up yeah and we've got a whole other group of kids that are denying it like i didn't see anything i don't know what he's talking about but like they're all the same age they're all losing teeth and one by one she's stalking each of them across town and now it looks like because kyle the weirdo showed up who he's killing he's killing kids yeah I like it. It could have been good. Yeah, like uh, we could have had some great scares. We could have had some conspiracy theory stuff. But instead, we just killed a bunch of adults for no damn reason. Yeah, like a bunch of hospital workers and a bunch of police. Like those are the only victims of this movie. Yeah. I will. It's not hard to, to imagine some studio going, okay, great. Love it. One note. No kids can die. You're <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> That's so true. Some some writers probably like, best idea ever. Tooth Fairy kills kids. Whole movie, kids dead. And they're like, great, we're buying it. Love it. No kids can die. None. We only, we only have one <laughs> note. <laughs> and go. Yeah. We Production starts Tuesday. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. What's your rating on this wacko movie? Oh, it's so, it's hard. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. In your memory, 
what would you have rated this movie before watching it? In my memory, I probably would have rated a two and a half out of four. Okay. I will say, I did remember liking this movie, too. I remembered nothing about it. But once we had that opening, I was like, oh, right, the Tooth Fairy. I remember liking this one. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a one and a half out of four. Okay. Got that nostalgia bump. It's a great concept. It's a really cool turn on, like, this legend that everybody knows about. And it's still original enough that it's not an urban legend film that we've seen rehashed a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they did not nail the story. <laughs> yeah, they they did their best, and unfortunately, uh, I'm giving it a one out of four. Yeah. I can't give it any sort of nostalgia bump because I don't really have nostalgia for it. And uh, whatever, <laughs> like it's it's a fun movie. Like if you want to put a movie, uh, eh, it's kind no, of no. It's fun definitely movie. watchable. It's oh, it's a hundred percent watchable. If you want to have fun watching a movie with your friends that you don't have to super duper pay attention to, that you haven't seen forever, because chances are you've seen Darkness Falls, but you've just forgotten everything about it, it's a great revisit. Yeah, it was not, like, my memory was a lot more glowing than this film is. Yeah, I'm glad we watched them. (laughs) We've got an updated ranking in our brains, and uh, we either do or don't need to watch them ever again. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. But next up, we are going to talk about a lesser known uh, James Wan, Lee Whannell film. We are going to talk about Dead Silence from 2007. There's an old ghost story around here about a woman named Mary Shaw. The ventriloquist who lost her voice. Back when I was a boy, the little boy went missing. There was only ever one suspect, Mary Shaw. She was murdered. The men cut out her tongue. And this town has been plagued by death ever since. Families found without their tongues. She was buried with her doll collection. The children, as she called them. Somebody dug them up. All 100 of them. They came back. They didn't stay dead. She's here. All right, here we go. Dead Silence from 2007. 
is currently sitting at a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh guys. 34% on Metacritic. And 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Oh, my God. I'm going to say, I've got to assume none of you have watched this movie again <laughs> since 2007. Uh, if it's been 12 years since you've seen this movie, watch this movie again. Wow. So... We were late to the game on this because we, I think we both saw this for the first time together. Probably after Insidious. Yeah, so probably 2009. Around Insidious. When was it? Insidious is 2008, right? I think it's like 2011. Oh. So probably, well, I don't know, four years. Yeah, okay. So we saw it in the, in the past 10 years we've seen the film. Yeah. Still long enough that I was so, I had a ton of fun watching this again. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fuck, guys, why don't we talk about this movie? <laughs> this movie? Okay, the James Wan we have now was born in this movie. Yes! Like, sure, you can we... See, oh, you yeah. can see Saw in it, but then you can also see Insidious. Yeah. Like, you can see both those films, like, where he came from and where he's going in that movie. Damn right. Like, the, oh, like this movie is more Conjuring than anything else. But, it's like Conjuring 2, James Wan, exists in this movie. Oh, this movie is all about its fucking scares, and its fucking scares work. Yes, there's, and the whole idea and concept is fucking cool and creepy. Plus, yeah. it's original source material, which you cannot say the same for the Conjuring franchise. That's true. Or Annabelle. Yeah. Or any Instead of the other. the Conjuring. Yeah. Conjuring universe. And that's why I'm putting it out here, guys. I fucking think Dead Silence is my second favorite James Wan film. Now, that's a bold statement. You said that last night while we were watching it, I was and like, I tight-lipped, said nothing. Shit. What does that list look like? Because Insidious? I, I, yeah. This movie? Sure. Dead Silence. Then Saw. Then Saw. And then the rest of them. I think for most people, this is how the list goes. The Conjuring. The mm-hmm. Conjuring 2. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, James Wan. A lot of movies. Cool. Those are some good ones. Those are some ones I haven't seen. Haven't seen Death Sentence. Don't necessarily know where it would rank. What is that one? It's like a um, Kevin Bacon movie. Where he's a vigilante, oh. he just like like smashes people's heads. I just feel like that's bat. not our our you, that's not our wheelhouse. <laughs> I I sound excited right now. I'd like to see it, but yeah, I mean, uh, my list probably like uh, Insidious, Saw, Fast and the Furious, and then Dead Silence. I don't actually know where this sits. Um, it's hard because it's very fresh and it's it almost feels yeah. like we just saw a new James Wan movie. I, yeah. I feel very I feel like, like invigorated it by it. Eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am a, I am alive again. Like, like everybody's like talking about Aquaman. We're like, have you seen Dead Silence? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I, I know. You've seen it before, but have you seen it again? <laughs> Man. Okay. Storyline. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. So there's... There's a poem in this movie. You only get the first two lines of the poem, no, right? No, you get the whole poem. Does everybody always say the whole poem? Well, I, okay, you get it at one point, but nobody ever says more than just the t- first two lines. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense with an American accent. Like, beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Like, it doesn't work. But if you say it with an Australian accent, like I'm sure Lee Winnell did. Like beware. When he wrote the film. Yeah, of course. <laughs> beware the stare. Mary Sh- I can't do it. It's not working. No, it was really good. You have to do it. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> this is my nightmare. <laughs> it's like, the- beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Like, it, and it's just like, right, James, you hearing this? <laughs> like, it's fucking great, right? <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't work with an American accent. 
No, so the poem does kind of fall a little flat, but fucking Mary is the coolest villain. Uh, yeah, yeah. One, I'm gonna say she's scarier than the woman in black in Insidious. I would agree. Yeah, right? Yeah. Fuck, like that, those eyes, the slit in her mouth where like her doll gape is going. She is everything I wanted Helen Mirren to be in Winchester. What? Okay. I wanted her to be the main ghost. I was just hoping for it. Oh, like it. at the end of the movie, we yeah. reveal, yeah. But she wouldn't be an evil ghost in But those, that's the kind of ghost I wanted, like this highly stylized, like, morning gown, high-collared black dress. Like, Fuck yeah. Those are the ghosts I want to see in the Winchester house. Yeah. Well, now we got dead silence. It also contains uh, my my new favorite cop detective character ever. Oh, my God. Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> He makes no sense as a police officer, but it's wonderful. His character isn't even referred to as a police, like, at least in the credits. It's just, like, Jim Hawkins or something. So we're calling him Detective Jim. (laughs) That's perfectly fitting. He literally walks onto frame holding a donut, takes a bite of the donut, and goes, like, yeah, I'm a cop here. Let me just loosen my tie a little bit for the rest of the movie. And then instead of, like, tapping a cigarette throughout the rest of it, he's got one of those electric shavers where he's just constantly shaving stubble down. It looks like a Lady Remington. (laughs) (laughs) He's the greatest detective ever. (laughs) He's so stereotypical. Um, Where do we begin with this movie? Okay, I don't care if we talk about nothing else other than the first five minutes of this movie. Because it is the greatest opening that I've seen in a horror movie in forever. It's interesting because this movie definitely is inspired by Goosebumps. You can you can feel that that well the 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 score itself is basically just like goosebumps. It's the Exorcist theme put through a Goosebumps filter, like a hundred percent. And the, it's gonna change how you look at this movie, guys. And I know the dummy is like a classic ventriloquist dummy design, but like so much That's so slappy, right? does it look like Slappy? Yeah, and so Slappy with like a little hook nose. So you're going into this film thinking that this is gonna be an updated goosebumpsy story for adults with this haunted dummy and this opening sequence with this couple fucking delivers like this that is a (laughs) did you say yeah man (laughs) i'm sorry i got real serious for a second i'm just like i'm with you but that opening sequence is a goosebumps story like that is what goosebumps is it's like these family unit stories where like you see you yourself as this relatable character that has this experience with this paranormal thing and they're a young couple who are like want to have kids or whatever cut down in her prime and but that's the audience that's watching this movie so like that is the goosebumps story of this movie that's a real good point yeah we grew up with goosebumps and we matured into dead silence well yeah because the 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 protagonist and the goosebumps they're always 12 year old kids yeah and then this one it's like a young couple yeah yeah, which is like your fucking horror movie that's what i'm saying yeah oh it's so good he's delivered a very creepy package uh, in the middle of a s- torrential downpour. Surprise, it's a dummy. <laughs> yeah, surprise, it's a dummy. And he, at some point, instead of burning it immediately, because that's 100% what you should do. Oh, I would keep the weird dummy. Okay. Totally. He leaves the house to go I get would list it. Food. I would list it on eBay, like, the second... The second it did something creepy, like haunted dummy for sale, minimum bid two fifty. Like you, you've already got the listing written down. You're just waiting for something creepy to yeah, happen. You're just waiting for it to creak or its eyes to move, and you're like, I'm gonna hit publish. Yeah, <laughs> confirmed, soul locked in doll. Um, I gotta say though, horror movie rules. 
Like if there if there was a book of laws written from horror movies, leaving your significant other alone with a creepy doll is is grounds for second degree murder. <laughs> I have to say that right now. Marriage annulment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's the worst decision you could make. Like judge has like spiritual annulment stamp. <laughs> <laughs> You've been spiritually annulled. <laughs> Yeah, because so she's talking to the, the doll, and it's fucking creepy, so she throws a sheet over it, and then it gets even more creepy. Yeah, that's <laughs> Because a there's move. a sheet thing in the background. And then all of the sound just gets sucked out of the room. That is the best fucking thing about this movie, because it sets a tone yep. for any scene where something supernatural is going to happen, and it gets the hairs standing up on the back of your neck before... The ghosts even come. It's like a cue card that you hold up to the audience that says, go ahead, get scared now. Yeah, and that's what's great about that is it's the opposite of Insidious because Insidious's scares, they confronted you and surprised you in a way a jump scare would, but then they were actual terror, mm-hmm. but there was no cues for them. Yeah. This film scares you by cueing you, by priming you for horror moments, and then still scares you. Which is genius because they have to be really well built. Because you can't say, hey, I'm going to scare you It's going to be scary now. And then scare you and actually have it fucking work. Because, oh, God, does it. And it's probably just due to great Foley art, right? Because, like, we take all of the sound out except for exactly what we want you to hear. Like, the creaking of some fucking eyes slowly moving inside a doll watching you. Oh, man. It's so good. Yeah, and they so nail, though, that, like, feeling when, like, your ears pop, but you can hear the stuff that's happening. Like, when the sound is zapped out of the film, you still hear the main character moving around. Yeah, which, yeah, like, that's that's how it feels when you're scared. Like, your breath, your pulse, like, those are the two things that immediately make the soundtrack to your own demise. Yeah, like, they nail the sound of fight or flight yeah. response. Oh, when Jamie comes home, our main character... So he knows something's wrong right away. But it's not it's not so wrong that he should be concerned. It's just that, oh, the kettle's going. That's strange. The music's really loud. Yeah, music's really loud. And he's talking to his wife, who we know is dead. And she's responding. Oh, man. It's in, nuts. like, the real eerie, like, definitely being an evil puppet. Like, oh, come in here. I have a surprise for you. Yeah. And we're all like, fuck no. Yep. Get out. <laughs> but he slips on blood. And when he turns the light on, because uh, we know there's blood. She, she uh, was attacked by the dummy. She got dragged into the room. But when he turns the light on, there is so much more blood than we were left with initially. Oh, God. So she's hiding under the blanket. Obvs. Uh, because that's just a great setup right there. That's just what fucking creepy dummies do. <laughs> and, oh, she's got, like, just... Her fucking jaw has just been ripped open. It's like when you see that uh, that dead girl in the ring I was going to say time. that, yeah, yeah. That scare fucking obliterated me when I was 12. <laughs> oh, man. That is the craziest thing about that movie, because I remember being like, this movie ain't so fucking scary. Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? Oh, man. Because you don't... They were doing, like, a kitchen talk, so you didn't expect them to cut to a scary scene, <laughs> which is also reminds you of that fucking scene in Insidious, where the mom's fucking talking, and then all of a sudden there's that thing behind what's Patrick Wilson's head, and it fucking ruined mm. everyone. And now it's just a gif on the internet. Yep. But it fucking ruined us all. And we're still ruined to this day. <laughs> 
So nobody believes Jamie that uh, that he didn't kill his wife. They don't have any evidence, though, so they gotta let him go. And we uh, immediately follow him on his trek back home, where he's gonna get some fucking answers. Well, and it's also for the funeral of his wife, so they're both yeah. from this small town, so... Where they have this poem and this story of Mary Shaw and her dolls. So he knows that, one, she, she should be buried back home where her family was, and two, I'm gonna get some fucking answers. But our transition through time from that moment of oh, the murder scene to that. him on the road is genius. The camera pans from like his POV of his dead wife out through his eyeball. And he's just like a dead stare in the cop police station. And then we pan out from that moment again into his car where he's just like a fucking robot at this point, right? I- I'm having a hard time trying to describe that transition, but it is so great. Yeah, it's such a good... Filmmaking technique to signify grief and just yeah. like going through the motions and in such a James Wan-y way. <laughs> yeah, and I think it plays well too with the the scare that we have built where we the sound gets sucked out and we are like in the main character's dread. Sensory, yeah. Yeah, like I think this is, I think it's all brilliant. I think we're doing an awesome job of conveying in an audio and visual format <laughs> uh, that we are with our characters, right? Um, Success. Yeah. <laughs> This movie is much better than anybody gives it credit for. Yeah. It does not deserve 19% of Rotten Tomatoes. No, not at all. And I think that's purely for the special effects when we finally start seeing more of Mary Shaw because of the kind of tongue creature thing she's got going on. Um, I still like it all. Yeah. I, the tongue thing is strange. It's it's a little, like, I don't know, venomy, if I can say. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it's a little too much visual for me. Like, I loved when we see her at first in the hotel room and she's behind the billowing curtain and we see the blackened eyes. Like, that's how much I want to see of my ghost. Mm-hmm. I think that's fucking terrifying. And, like, when we see her standing up behind puppets and her hands and stuff coming out, like, that is enough nightmare fuel for me i could watch that for two and a half fucking hours and be grateful every single time i see it the tongue is a little much but it explains the the backstory of this character more and why um she does what she does yeah it also it's it's a way to show how she's able to take people's voices right because she toys with the people she hasn't killed by using the voices of their loved ones that Mm -hmm. she's already taken right Um, and that's so creepy for a killer to capture people's voices it's almost like the um eye blot monster in the house on haunted hill remake the okay monster all right yeah (laughs) the house of ghosts (laughs) and uh just coming back to where you're talking about how much she's obscured and we kind of just like get glimpses of her in the darkness Fuck, she looks amazing. Even in the flashbacks where she's alive and she's a real person. And this is her as a woman, a normal woman. You still don't see her very much. She's obscured. She's got a spotlight behind her and we're just getting like the periphery, like the, we're getting a glimpse of her. We get a rough sketch of what she looks like, but we never see her fully. Or we're just seeing like her creepy hands pointing out to kids in the audience and shit. Because the kids in the audience are scared of her. And in those moments, the way that she's backlit and the way she's acting and the way she's talking to these kids we're creeped out that whole story is it's my favorite part of this whole movie it totally nails this like 1920s carnival aesthetic that the whole movie is designed around like all of the um the text design and like the signage and stuff of this film is 1920s yeah it's a town that was built around this like riverboat theater that was their main economy 
was this entertainment complex, and it's like huge and opulent, and it's it's decaying now because it doesn't exist oh, anymore. Oh, and it looks so cool. Right. You could put this in any movie and make a fucking supervillain lair out of it. Yeah. It's I would so fucking watch cool. an X-Men movie if this is where the bad guys went at the end of the day. Yeah. There are some pacing problems with this movie, though, right? Like, don't you feel like it kind of just sections drag into sections, drag into sections? Um, I don't, I don't know what it is, because like everything you need to be there is there, and there isn't a whole lot of excess. But the movie just doesn't, it doesn't move as fast, I guess, as you want it to. Yeah, I don't know if that's the issue. I think the following the morgue attendee i don't know if it was the right decision because we get a lot of information and like eeriness from them that doesn't quite make sense like i don't really know what the entire story is with the sister because you expect her to play into the final story but then she doesn't really she really doesn't um and the place is called was it like raven's hill or something um raven's fair raven's fair and she's holding a raven like yeah during sections of this movie and she seems to be able to talk to Mary Shaw. And the dummy. She talks to the dummy. Oh, maybe somebody she knows died, was killed by Mary Shaw. And now she's talking to them through the dummy occasionally. Mm. In a different in a different version of that script, she would have been in cahoots with Mary Shaw, right? Yeah. I, there's just not enough. Like, she doesn't play into the movie for her to really exist other than setting up the crawl space scare in the morgue. That crawl space scare, though, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't even know what it was because I couldn't watch it. <laughs> like, Well, he thinks Henry, the the the, um, the mortician, the guy who runs the funeral home, who is our way into 1920s, 30s Mary Shaw backstory, his sister? Yeah, I would say sister. His sister, yeah, is is uh, he thinks she's in the crawl space, and when he goes in, it's Mary Shaw, right? And that's where we see the tongues for the first time, and it's it's maybe a little much. You know what it really is? It's the fact that we see Mary Shaw behind the dummy with her tongue going through the dummy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. I think it looks friggin' cool. Yeah. Her tongue's weird. It's like... Um, a bunch of tongues. There's a whole bunch of tongues. But they're not put on in like a neat way. They're no, just they're like not making like a big here. long rope. They're like a Christmas tree. It looks like a whip of tongues. <laughs> like a licorice whip of tongues. There's, It's a cat of nine tails of tongues. I got, I got descriptions for days. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Donnie Wahlberg follows the lead character, Jamie, all the way to Raven's Fair. Yeah. He's kind of doing like some independent digging, like they they bump into each other. He's a way bit. out of his jurisdiction. But yeah, so one, I don't think this is his. I don't know if the county, what what he detective of. Yeah, but he's he, taking a work vacation. Yeah, like the, his case. Should he not be collecting like additional suspects? Like should he not be checking in with his precinct? Instead, he starts digging up the hundred dummies. <laughs> that were buried with Mary Shaw. Because I love that the dummies all have their own graves. <laughs> they're cute little tiny coffins too. But he digs, so he doesn't just dig up one and go, "Hey, like it's empty." We cut to a flashback of him, like he dug up a hundred tiny ass little graves. I will say though, they look like they've been put under an inch of soil. So he probably could have done it with a toothbrush. He would have been perfectly fine, <laughs> just like a spoon that he stole from the hotel, just like whoop 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 whoop. Oh, empty grave. I do want to ask you by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Who undug the graves? What you think the answer is to that? Oh. We'll get to it once we okay. get to the end of the movie. All right. Yeah? Sure. Okay. But don't let me forget. Okay. Because I want to know. I think the answer's clear. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't have an answer. Really? No. You're not sure? I don't know. Okay. I think we need to get to the end of the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
So he comes back and the first person he sees is his dad and his dad's had a stroke, but he's a changed man And he's now. got this nice, pleasant wife who's like super sweet, even though she's like the same age as the lead character. I fucking she's love like, that. Where she's like, I guess I'm your stepmom. There's a great joke. There with, is a hilarious uh, what joke. What does he say? Johnny Wahlberg is there and he's like, he's like, all right, man. He's like, why'd you steal the dummy from me? Like, you're stealing evidence. That's way against the law. I gotta take you back to the, I gotta take you back to jail. And he's like, I'm not fucking going. He's like, come on, kid. Don't make me cuff you in front of your mom. <laughs> So good. Oh, it's funny. And she, yeah, she's super nice. Uh, they have a great little moment where uh, he's walking her through all of their family portraits where it's just him and his dad. And he's just like, yep, that was my mom. That's my second mom. Don't worry, they all die. So we'll just have you painted out of the next one. No, you know what he says? Oh, he I'm says, sorry. it's lucky you're going to outlive him. So we oh, can't paint yeah. you out of the next one. Because the, the previous two are just them standing around an empty ass chair. Yeah. Because he fucking was a vindictive asshole. See, here's the thing. Was he vindictive? He sounds like he was a vindictive it asshole. It sounds vindictive. It sounds like a dick move when you know that all of your wives are going to be killed by Mary Shaw. Because that's what it is, right? It's like him and... and all, like, Why would you marry and have children? That's what I'm saying. Like, that just doesn't make any damn sense. And especially if you know that there's this thing going around killing all your friends' wives and all of your relatives' wives and at least one of your wives, why do you even continue? Why don't you just move? Like, is it that it's like this personal guilt that you have to stay and live with it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so what we learn is that in that flashback sequence where we see Mary Shaw and Billy the puppet, a kid heckles her and says that he can see her mouth moving. And oh, that's so, so good. Great. When she fucking gets, so Billy gets really, really upset. And um, and she's trying to calm him down. And then there's a point where they're they're like getting frustrated at each other and they're both talking at the same time. And it's so fucking And effective. the audience is like, oh my God, she's so good at this. But the kids in the audience are like, she's the devil. Yeah, or like that doll has its own fucking voice. Yeah, that doll does not know. Like, what do you mean I'm a dummy? I'm a real boy. What are you talking about? I've got to bring him up here. Let's hear what he wants to say. Let's hear him say it to my face. And you're uh, like, whoa. So the boy that was doing the heckling ended up being the uncle of Jamie's dad. So. Wasn't it Jamie's dad's brother? Wasn't it? Oh, no. The, it, yeah, right? So Jamie's uncle, sorry. Yeah, Jamie's uncle. Meant. Wouldn't it, who yeah. disappeared like the following week, which is why the town basically went after Mary Shaw. And then they hung her. Yeah, yeah I, was I think they, say they, I think they hung death. her. I don't remember how they killed her. You know what's crazy is that she requested when she died that she be turned into a doll. Do you remember? And that? buried with all of her dolls. Yeah. I don't understand why the mortician went through with that. honored her wish? Yeah, because Henry, the little boy who grows up to take over that funeral home, came in and accidentally, like, spills her out on the floor in, like, one of the most haunting visuals of this whole fucking movie. Like, when the lightning strikes and we just see her fucking eyes piercing back. And it it really looks like he has cut her jaw so that way she's a functional doll. Yeah, and, like, gave her weird doll-ass mouth. That's probably the only thing I would cut out of this movie is, like, the making her a doll part. Because it's like... Buddy, you are taking your morgue job way too seriously. This guy really honors last rites. Also, too, yeah, like, this woman was, like, murdered as, like, a child killer. That's, yeah. So, like, Nobody why are we... Nobody in the we... town likes her. Yeah, so, like, why are we honoring her, like, loose lips will? 
That'd be like if Freddy Krueger was, his final wish was like, I want my ashes scattered over the At ground. At the preschool. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, well, we gotta do it. Bury me with the children I love. Like, yeah. they're still alive. And it's like, well, we, he asked us. It's not my fault. I, I've got orders. I'm just following orders. Like orders of the dead? If I lived in that town, my final request would be to be brought back from the dead. Because this guy would continue to work on it until he found out that it wasn't possible. He would find a way to do it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but people like this, though, like, they get married and buried in unmarked graves at the edge of town. Like, they don't get a fucking hero's welcome. Yeah, or they're just left out in the, in the middle of the road for the vultures to pick their bones. That's dark. I don't think anybody that ever got hung from a tree got a burial. That's true. Ugh. Well, they used to leave them out to, like, one warm travelers who were traveling through towns. Oh, God. But then for the families would have to take their own dead down to uh, bury them. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Oh, boy. That happened a lot with the Salem Hank. How are we going to spoil the end of this movie? How are we going to get there? Now, Mary Shaw definitely kidnapped that little boy. Because when we go up into her, like, green room where all of her notes are untouched, we find notebooks on how to create the perfect doll. It, it really looks as though she's trying to put the soul of a person into a doll. And uh, we find his fucking uncle, like, taxidermied into a doll. But, like, as a kid, as a little boy still. So she did it way back then. Yeah, and it's still intact. What I love so much about that is most of these movies about these, like, haunted villain things, they're these tragic figures who were wrongly murdered for this thing mm. and that's why they've come back to seek revenge yeah she was bad before they murdered she her she was hella evil like they murdered her because she actually did what they thought she did yeah they were uh, not justified no, but they but were not wrong were right. in their accusations yeah like she was actually a crazy ass witch up there yeah why didn't they they obviously didn't go into her green room right like they they caught her in the street while she was getting her rations I don't know. It was that time. But because they never found this kid's body, I guess, right? Well, the, her room was, like, hidden up in the rafters, though. That's true. It was all tucked And then away. there was that weird, like, labyrinth wall where she, like, where um, oh, they yeah. walked where through we, the you wall. Have to, you have to recite a trailer line before going into the <laughs> labyrinth wall. We're like, nothing's what it seems. Mm. Like, and then, like, he's caught <laughs> up to him the next that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have led you straight to the castle. That straight way. to that castle. Poor girl. Um... <laughs> I do love that he's like, nothing's what it seems. And he, like, dips off. And then, like, two steps later, Dunny Wallworks cut up. And he's like, oh, I thought I lost you there for a second. <laughs> but, yeah, they find the boy. He's there. And he is a prototype of the perfect doll, who we later find out she has been perfecting. And the perfect doll exists. Spoiler alert. It's his dad. His dad's been a doll this whole time. Yeah, but he's being puppeted by the ultimate puppet, which is the wife, yeah. which is Mary Shaw, which fucking confuses the shit out of me, but is amazing. Oh, it's so good. Especially when we have these flashback moments where we see all the interactions that he's had with his dad and how she's always been by his side. But really, she's just like controlling his puppet and doing whatever. I love that when we, we even address the scene where he's eating soup. Yeah, she's got like she's, a bowl that yeah, catches it down yeah. in his like cavities she's created. Oh, it's so good. But the weird thing is, so Mary Shaw is a ghost and she's appeared throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Is she still in 
the wife? Like, is she astral projecting? Like in uh, Ella the, or what's her name? Yeah, yeah, is the wife even a person? Like, was the wife a person that Mary Shaw possessed? Or is the wife just this strength manifestation of Mary Shaw that she can, like, you know, like Ursula the Sea Witch into, right. like, Eric's dream woman? <laughs> Good pull. That was a Little Mermaid reference. <laughs> I think everybody knows it's a Little Mermaid reference. Uh, what if it's Mary Shaw's daughter? What if Mary Shaw constantly trying to make the, oh, maybe she is a doll. She's a puppet, puppeting another puppet. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. I think if that were the case, they would have shown that, right? But they do show Mary Shaw's eyes in her at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I I honestly do not have an answer for you. I'm not certain. And maybe that's part of the reason people didn't love this movie when it came out. So, but that's what I think solving whatever the key to this woman is, is solves who's the one that t- dug the dolls out. Well, that woman, whoever she is, a doll or a ghost specter image, is definitely the person that dug all those graves. Yeah, and then put all the dolls back in the thing. And then mailed that doll <laughs> off to Jamie and his wife, Lisa. And then we find out that the reason why the wife even got killed was because she was pregnant and she was the last person that Mary Shaw wanted to kill. And bringing the son, or in bringing Jamie back to kill him, also thus killing the line of the people that insulted her back in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Is she a ghost or is she a real person? She's definitely a ghost, but is she also a real person? <laughs> okay. Um. <sighs> when you think about it, it's like friggin' frustrating because nothing can take away that like fucking sweet ass scene where you discover that the dad's been a doll the whole time and that so she's great. been puppeting him. It's great too because when you look back at what he's wearing, he's definitely in a doll outfit. He's got a teeny little suit with and a bow tie. And he looks like a corpse. He looks awful. Like, but we say it's because he had a stroke. You know? Yeah, but he's he doing looks much better. terrible. He looks Which awful. Which makes me wonder about the woman even more because she looks wonderful. So she's this dead person that, that the ghost is in. Would she not be decaying? Because it looks like dad's fucking decaying. Mm. But then why would Mary Shaw appear as old school Mary Shaw yeah. to other people other than to just terrify them? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. One thing <laughs> I did want to talk about that we didn't really touch on that I think we need to give credit because James Wan and Lee Winnell never like lessen their ghosts. They never make it like a Scooby-Doo story. Nope. They still have this huge fun mystery, but there's always, it's always actually something paranormal about it. Totally, yeah. And I think if they weren't making films in the early 2000s to now, we wouldn't have any modern ghost stories. Like, we'd have the the tragic ghost stories uh, that, like, Guillermo del Toro's doing, but these are, like, the the scary haunted story, like, haunted house stories. yeah. It would be, it would end up being like these stupid, like, oh, it was the realtor all along. <laughs> no, they, uh, when they tell you that they're going to do something, they fucking do it. That's just how it goes. Like, hey, this is a house haunted by demons. It's going to be demons. It's not something pretending to be something else. Or like somebody having like a mental illness. Yeah, then... no, that's the biggest thing. It's never that they're crazy. Yeah. Ever. And it's so refreshing to to get these horror movies with these scares and they're not lessened later by the plot and mm-hmm. and we don't take away the horror or the power from these specters by making them out to be something else so that when you actually see these creepy beings like haunting about the movie at the end all of those things get to stay with you and they get to keep scaring you next time because when you watch it a second time oh yeah those things are still ghosts yeah 
And I don't think there's a ton of people that are still doing that, like making horror movies that are out to scare you with monsters that and ghosts that we've created that are actually baddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because at, at no point is it that you need to show these ghosts. Oh, don't you remember when you were human? You don't want to be this evil. You're just mad you're dead. It's like, no, no, no. The only humanity left in me is the fact that I was once alive and now I'm not. And I'm glad for it because I can rip your goddamn tongue out. And it's mine now. Yeah, and I there's something interesting too. I can't remember where I heard this, but somebody was comparing the difference between like American ghost films and Japanese ghost, Japanese films. ghost films, whereas like Japanese ghost films are these vengeful spirits out for revenge and they will just kill willy-nilly yeah whoever comes near them yeah and it there's no like importance or value upon life kind of thing and then in american films it's all about like the protagonist's journey yeah and it's this the ghost is a message yeah and it's something terrible is going to happen the ghost has been caught up in it and they're trying to prevent this from happening to the next person who happens to be like our protagonist like Mm -hmm. and i think that's what took american audiences by surprise with the ring because it's set up like it's going to be that but then the ghost is actually like oh no i'm a japanese ghost and i'm gonna kill you anyways yeah and i think that's that's what stunned audiences because it was like this perfect blend of like japanese horror and american horror so we were scared because we were used to oh the ghost is warning (laughs) yeah 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 or the ghost needs our help to be laid to to rest yeah yeah fuck that no so What's your rating of this movie? Oh my god. So um, right now I'm a four out of four. Yeah. Because okay. it aesthetically it's fucking cool. The villain is cool. And the filming is great. There's a lot of really great shots. And it looks fucking cool. Like the coloring on this film is great. We didn't even talk about that. How it's all in like almost like colorless. And then there's a lot yeah. of red. Yeah. I like it. The light source is interesting. I'm also a big fan of like the carnival aesthetic i yeah. think it looks fucking cool yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. uh mary shaw is so fucking great like even if she wasn't dead if we just watched her as like a crazy puppet woman killing people in like uh the prestige like i'd be about that yeah it's insane that they were able to make somebody as creepy alive uh as they were dead yes oh man i think she's more scary in that scene where she's the puppeteer than like when she's ghost woman it's probably because it's the only time we really see her talk like she's interacting with people and like you know she has the capacity to just tear your soul out but uh she's not yet and it also helps too when you find out that she was up to no good while she was alive right it really justifies why she was so creepy in those moments but was it the doll (laughs) because like i think in that scene that i'm totally in like oh billy is real billy is real what this if, is not a drill yeah billy could have been a demon who's the person who let her know about how to make the perfect puppet oh maybe but who's it, the real i think they just had her possession here. the dolls who's pulling the strings <laughs> i think we did we answered this we don't know <laughs> yeah we don't i uh i really like this movie a lot i for all the, the exact same reasons you're talking about. Uh, I don't think I'm as in love with it as you are because it just like, it's got a weird, I, I, I keep saying pacing, but I don't know if that is right. There's just some pieces that don't quite fit together as well as I think they should. Just in like the flow of the story. Cause like all the components are fucking amazing. And like, yeah, maybe some of the, the digital touches that they did to the color palette of this movie Uh, aren't my favorite but i'm giving this movie a 3.5 out of 4 because the scares alone in this movie are so worth it 
Like, so worth it. Yeah, if you haven't rewatched this film in a while, like, please go fucking watch it. I did not expect to give this movie a 3.5 out of 4. I was like, you know what? I, I remember being surprised by it, but I bet this second time around, ugh, 2 out of 4, probably. Yeah, I, I'm really happy that we rewatched it and that we fucking love it. Yeah, and I'm also really happy we watched it in this order. Darkness Falls first, followed up by Dead oh, yeah. Silence. <laughs> oh, can you imagine getting like so amped to revisit Darkness Falls and just hating it? it Everything oh, I liked man. when I was a kid is good now. <laughs> that is not always true. We have learned that that is not always true. Oh, man. So uh, Dead Silence wins from us, but we want to hear what you thought of both of these films. So you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast and let us know what you thought about Dead Silence and Darkness Falls. We are controlling transmission. Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by Baphomet & Co. Small Batch Soap inspired by horror and the macabre. This week's pick is the Dybbuk Box, the mystery gift set. Feeling brazen, curious, eager to conjure a little mystery? Baphomet & Co.'s Dybbuk Box contains an array of Baphomet & Co. curated scents, soaps, and bath products that will remain a complete mystery until the box arrives at your door. Get 10% off your order with the code NIGHTMARE at baphometandco.com. That's 10% off with code NIGHTMARE. Baphomet & Co. Made by hands, sometimes severed. Want to reach the cool creeps? Advertise with Nightmare on Film Street to get your brand out of the shadows. For more information, head to nofspodcast.com slash advertise. We're going to stick around for a few more minutes and play a game Kim's put together. Uh, I think she's quizzing me on homespun urban legends and stuff. Yeah, it's it's sort of like about fictional legends. It's sort of about real legends. I had a really hard time trying to find fictional legends. So we're, we're doing a little hodgepodge game about um, some lesser known urban legends. We also ramble on a little bit about an abandoned psychiatric facility that uh, is just down the street from us that used to terrify us as kids. Uh, if you have one of those in your town or you want to hear what ours was like... <laughs> Check out that uh, that bonus episode at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. I can't thank each and every one of you enough for supporting us, uh, whether you're on Patreon or not. Uh, if you share the show with friends, if you tweet about it, it all helps... It all helps get Nightmare in front of a larger audience and grow the horde. If you are a patron, thank you so much for your support. If you aren't, head uh, just check it out. See what uh, the bonus episodes are like. They're, we have full drive home from the drive-in reviews of new movies like Pet Cemetery. if you want to hear our full thoughts on that. But also, while you've got your phone in your hand, you could leave a quick five-star rating and review wherever you're getting this podcast. But that's it from us this week. I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at N-O-F-S podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy. 
fiends. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.